Good vibes. Yeah. You know, some uh, vibes are good and some not so good. But the vibes that you listen to, that you think about, that, that you focus on, are powerful. They influence your attitude. They determine the direction of your life. And the fact is there's a lot of negativity these days. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. And, um, you know, people, our tendency is to look at situations and to kind of gravitate to the negativity. And to be just honest with you, I'm, I'm sick of it, just sick of it. And, and it's really the main reason we're doing this series, Vibes, is I want to change the vibes in our life, to cha- change the vibes in, in my life. If you missed last week, I'd really encourage you to go to ffworship.com. You can watch uh, the service or you can listen to podcast on iTunes and, and get caught up because what we talked about was very fundamental to what we're going to talk about. And uh, last week we talked about when your thoughts are consumed with negativity, with fear, with anxiety, that those vibes kind of reverberate in your life. And what consumes your mind tends to control your life. And your life will generally move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so we talked about not underestimating the, the influence that these have, because vibes are very, very powerful. And we talked about uh, and really raised the question, what are you looking for these days? Because oftentimes you find what you're looking for in life. You know, Proverbs says this, it says, if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. If you search for negative things in life, it'll find you. But if you search for good things, you'll find that too. And so, again, what is it that you're looking for in your life? Now, is anybody tired of the negativity? All right, here's a little more personal one. Anybody tired of being negative? See, it's easy to gravitate to the negative in life. Oftentimes, we're, we're looking for what's wrong in a situation instead of seeing what is right. And people will complain about pretty much anything. Some of you complained about the weather this morning. You know, uh, traffic, people complain about it. Politics, people complain. The news, the economy, you know, people complain about their jobs, about their spouse. They, they, They complain about social media. People complain about people complaining. You know, it's, uh, the fact is, I'll bet you this week, some of you got into your refrigerator that's ice cold, full of food, and you looked at it and said, There's nothing to eat. Some of you turn on the TV. You got 125 channels, 10,000 on demands, and you're going, there's nothing to watch, you know. Some of you got in your closet, packed full, and what'd you say? 
There's nothing to wear. <laughs> Some of you got a lot of shoes in those closets. You need to clear them out and bring them and give them to shoe shoe crew. But uh, the fact is, many of the things that, that we complain about, if we think about it, is pretty ridiculous. And it is amazing to me how blessed we can be, and yet our nature we, we are very ungrateful for the things that we have. Our tendency is to want more, to want better, to want newer, to want bigger. And so today what I want to do is change the vibe. I want to talk about the importance of gratitude in your life because gratitude, if you learn to be grateful for what you have, it will change the vibe in your life and change how you live. You know, experts uh, will tell you that uh, an attitude of, of gratitude unlocks a lot of positive things in your life. You know, gratitude will make you more generous. It will make you more encouraging. And the fact is, in a, a world that, that's bent toward entitlement, gratitude will make you more thankful. You know, there's a story, it's written... Uh, uh, Luke, the physician, writes this. He was one of the disciples. He says, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. Ten lepers approached him. How many? Ten. They approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. It is really easy, I think, to read a story like this and to miss the emotion. In other words, to read Scripture kind of flat, so to speak. And I want us to understand that these guys are crying out for help. Jesus, please, please, please have mercy on us. You know, leprosy in that day was a death sentence. And... So these guys are begging with every bit of passion in them, everything that they could muster up, saying, please heal us. See, we, we know from history, we know from Scripture, that people with leprosy, they, they lived in colonies, they lived outside the city, they weren't allowed to go into the city, and they had to wear certain clothes. All right, there we go. Well, we'll see if we can hang on here. So, so we know that the bells would ring so that people could easily identify them. They were expected to keep their social distance. If anyone got too close to them, what they were to do was to turn away and they were to shout, unclean, unclean. Now, the only thing I could kind of compare it to is like, you know, I love to play basketball. I come home from basketball, and uh, once in a while, I mean, first of all, I'm sweaty. I smell when I get home, but my grandkids will be there once in a while, and so I'll tell them. I say, come here. Grandpa wants to give you a hug, 
And, and his friends, they scatter. They scatter. They're like, no, Grandpa, stay away from me. You stink, Grandpa. Grandma, Grandpa's trying to hug us. Tell him to stay away from us. And, and we got this whole thing we do. Well, leprosy, people scattered. They, they, they could smell them, the, the, the rotting flesh. And so the, the fact is when, when people would get around them, they'd run. And I cannot imagine the isolation in that. I can't imagine the, the, the struggle that they had, the fear that must have been there. And so these guys who have been isolated from society, they see Jesus off in the distance. They see hope for their life. And they cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. It says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. It is a miracle from heaven at this point. The creator of the universe spoke. And these 10 men with leprosy, who had no future, no life, were healed in that moment. It says, then one of them who saw that he was healed, what? Turned back, praising God with a loud voice. All right, how many had leprosy? How many were healed of leprosy? And how many of them returned praising God? One. It's bad math. Luke goes on, he says, he fell to the ground. This guy that had just been healed, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he'd done. This man was a Samaritan. Now, that's interesting to me. See, Luke's pointing out the fact that the man's a Samaritan. Why? Well, because it was odd for a Samaritan to talk to a Jewish person. Samaritans in the Jewish community, they hated each other. This shows the magnitude of gratitude. It's a gratitude on another level because he's willing to push through that barrier and thank Jesus. It says, then Jesus asked, were there not 10 clean, made clean? But the other nine, where, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Ten lives changed, transformed, given a future. Ten lives Jesus made a difference in. Ten lives that had no hope, no future. And only one of them returned to give thanks. Only one of them shows a heart of gratitude. One out of 10. And friends, when I read that, I think if there's only one out of 10, I want to be the one. I want to be the one that has a heart of gratitude for everything in my life. You know, and with the time remaining, what I want to do is to show you how to improve the vibe in your life by developing a heart of gratitude. And we're going to look at three vibes, uh, three statements. I believe they are things that will change your perspective. You want to change your attitude, this is a good way. You want to change the direction of your life. 
Absolutely. And here's the first vibe. Everything, everything that is good comes from God. Everything that's good comes from God. You know, I'm living the good life, the song said. I'm breathing on God's time. I ain't going to waste one breath. I'm going to wave goodbye to, to the complaining and the negativity. Only good vibes. I'd say God vibes. James says every good action, every perfect gift is from God. These good gifts come down from the creator of the sun, the moon, and the stars. Friends, when you, when you get that perspective, when, when you focus on blessings and realize they are from God, life is good. You know, if you know Jesus Christ as your, your Lord and Savior, you're, you're saved, you're forgiven. You, you know how this all ends. You win, heaven bound. You know, and I, I've shared this before, but you know, in my early 20s, I almost died. And doctors said they couldn't keep sustaining my life, but God had other plans. And I will tell you, when life gets tough, and it has many times in my life, when I'm struggling, when there's a difficulty, my mind always goes back to that moment, to that time, that season of my life. See, I was given a tremendous gift, life, extra innings in my, in my life. And so I tend to never take things for granted. I, I fully realize without God, I have zero. I've got nothing. You know, Paul, in the books of Acts, he says, for in him I breathe and move and have my being. The fact is, do you recognize all the good things in your life are gifts from God? Do you? Do you really? See, I, I know how this goes, eh? because when, when you hear that, some of you immediately, you're, you're very tempted to go, well, no, I worked really hard for this. You know, I, I, I earned this myself. And that may be true to some degree, but you're really just a steward of what God gave you. The fact is, God gave you the talent. God gave you the creativity, the mind. God gave you the opportunity. And without God, you know what you got? Zero. In fact, you woke up. Gift from God. Without God, we don't even take a breath. Every time you succeed in life with the gifts God's given you, God gave you that. God is the giver of all good things, all good things, every good thing in your life. You know, you see it throughout Scripture. You know, for instance, David. You know, God gave David an opportunity one day. God gave him skills. God even created the stone that David would pick up to fight Goliath. And God set into motion a plan. David didn't know it at the time. But God took David from an unknown shepherd to the greatest king of Israel. To this day, they still talk about him. You know, God gave a young Jewish girl by the name of Mary, gave her the strength to say yes 
to giving birth to the Savior of the world. You know, God gave us the, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. God, God gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, God, God works in our life through the Holy Spirit, and he comforts us with the Holy Spirit, and he guides us and convicts us. He gives us his word in order to guide our lives. Every good thing, every good thing, it's a gift from God, friends, and it is a new vibe and it reverberates when you understand that. It changes your attitude. You know, instead of complaining and feeling cheated or feeling entitled to something, you, you embrace an attitude of gratitude and you soak it up and you realize, you know what, my cup is overflowing in life. Every good thing, gift from God, gift from God. Here's another vibe. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. You know, the evil one comes to kill and destroy and to steal from you. You know, one of the ways that he robs you, he robs many of you on this one. He keeps you wanting, wanting something better, wanting something newer, something bigger, faster, you know, more extravagant. And there's nothing wrong, please hear me, there's nothing wrong with wanting nice things, okay? But when you fail to appreciate what you presently have because you're so fixed on what you want, it will steal your joy. It will steal your peace and it will rob you blind. In fact, it'll create an attitude, a vibe that's very, very destructive in your life. You know, Solomon, the, the, the wisest person of his day, he wrote this. He said, it's better to enjoy what our eyes see, what we have, than to long for what our roving appetites desire. And then he says, it's this too. It's, it's fleeting. It's like embracing the wind. You, you can't do it. it. It's an awful way to live. Friends, it's better to enjoy what you have than to just keep wanting something else. I mean, think about, think about what you have. I want you to really think about it. The, the fact is, the average person, and most of you, today, you'll eat three meals, all right? I mean, if you want to, you'll, you'll eat three meals. Some of you might be four or five, but uh, that's a whole other thing. Some of you will go out to eat today. But here's my point. You have enough to eat in your life. You don't really want for anything. Most of you have a bed to sleep in, clothes to wear, roof over your head. You are blessed. If you have a job today, you're extremely blessed. You're extraordinarily blessed. The, the fact is, get this, this is all a perspective thing. But even if you make minimum wage in your life, you're making 40 times more than half the population of the world. And yet, some of you are miserable because you, you want more. And it just blows my mind because, you know even at minimum wage. And most of you make more, way more than that. 
Most of you are blessed. You're blessed with good health, a great family, with friends. Do you realize what you have? Do you realize that you're blessed? You know, the Apostle Paul, he writes, he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Some of you, like Paul, you would go, you know what? I've been in both those places. I've had times that I've had very little, and I've had times of plenty. And the fact is, Paul says, I've learned a secret here. Paul was content. What was the secret? Well, the very next verse, he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him. Friends, until God is all you have in your life, I don't think you realize he's all you need. You know, you, if you would adopt an attitude of gratitude, it will turn whatever you have, whatever it is. It may just be a small amount, but you'll realize it's enough with God. See, and when you can do that, you realize and you recognize your, your blessings. You know, that's, it's good vibes, God vibes. You know, um, I heard this said one time, it's not happy people who are grateful, but grateful people are always happy. I mean, you ought to think about that a little bit because it changes. It changes how you look at life. You know, don't let what you want, it's okay to want things, but do not let it rob you of what you presently have. Here's, a, here's another vibe, and, you know, you need to declare this regularly. I will turn every blessing that I have into praise. Every time God blesses you, praise God for it. You know, since every blessing that you have is from God, then we should bring it back to God in praise, in worship. And when you don't do that, when you don't praise God, it turns into pride. And pride, pride's a vicious animal. And, you know, I deserve this. I earned this. You know, I'm a good person. God should give me more. Well, David, David said this. He says, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. I will turn every blessing back to you in praise, Lord. I mean, how do you how do you do that? Well, think about that. Have you ever anticipated bad news in your life? You know, something bad gonna happen. You're convinced of it. You know, you're expecting uh, bad news at work or bad diagnosis, and and instead you find out good news changes you inside. You find out something's not as big a deal as you thought it was going to be, that it's relatively minor in, in your life. You know, or going to the office, you think, oh, they're going to lay me off. Everybody's getting laid off. And then you get there and they go, hey, your job's safe. How do you feel in that moment? Well, you're thankful, aren't you? You're thankful 
for, for what you didn't lose. You know, you, you feel blessed for what you had, what you've had for a while. There are many things in your life that you take for granted every single day. Here's a little exercise. It's really worth doing it in your life, and that is think about something that you have that you complain about all the time, all right? I want you to think about it. It might be a job you complain about. It might be a car. It might be a home, all right? You got something? Now pretend you lost it. Never going to get it back. Doesn't matter what you do, it's gone. Now pretend you got it back. How do you feel? Well, friends, suddenly you, you start thanking God for what you lost and what you found. You thank God for what you already had. It changes your perspective, doesn't it? God, thank you for my health. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my house. You see, you can complain about things or you can change your perspective and change your attitude and begin to have an attitude of gratitude. You may not think you have a lot. You may not think you have a lot of good things. But I guarantee if you lose them, you will find you were sadly mistaken. You will find joy in those things. God has been generous. God has provided. God has poured out so many blessings into your life, more than you can count. And when you realize that, when you return it in praise, when you return in thanksgiving, God, friends, God is worthy of that praise. He is. It's what David did. David said, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. You know, be grateful. Quit complaining. Quit the negativity. Change the vibe in your life. And, and here's, here's homework for you. You know, this week, every morning when you get up or whatever, whenever you get up, you've got to find three things to thank God for. Three things. That means this time next week, you have now thanked God for 21 things. And some of you are going, whoa, 21, that, that's a lot. I can't believe you'd ask that. I don't know that I got 21. Well, if that's where you're at, you really need to do this exercise. You really do. Because I would tell you, you could do three things every morning for the rest of your life, and you will never exhaust it. I mean, if you're struggling, you know, you're going, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Well, just sit down somewhere, look around you, think about your life, and then ask yourself, what if I lost that? That'll get you started. Change the vibe. God has filled your life. He has filled your life with good things, overflowing things. Don't complain. 
Friends, don't wait to be happy down the road when you get something, whatever it is, that you think is going to make you happy because it won't make you happy. Be grateful for the good things. They are gifts from God. You know, be grateful to God for what you do have in your life. Do not let this world rob you. Friends, be grateful and return whatever it is that God's blessed you with in praise. Give it back to God. Say, God, I recognize, I see it very clearly. Thank you. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, even when life gets really rough, we know you've blessed us. God, help us to focus on those blessings. Help us to see the good things that we have, the good things that you've given to us. God, you have blessed us immensely. Our cups overflow. God, we thank you that you're a God that pays attention, God that's concerned about us, God that loves us. God, I pray that uh, we would begin to be people that are grateful, that praise you for those good things. The world of negativity, Lord, let our voices be heard singing your praise. We give you the glory with all we think, with all we say, with everything in us. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all these things. Amen. God's people said. Let's uh, worship and uh, continue with uh, communion at this time. Does anyone need elements? Last chance. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says this in verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. So now we want to peel back the little cellophane on top. Take the wafer that represents the body of Jesus Christ. Being very careful. And we'll take this together. Let's bow our heads and give thanks for the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, You were fully God, but fully man. You suffered, you bled as a human being. You took the punishment upon you that was for my sins and the sins of these before me. So we thank you for your body. We thank you for your death. Paul goes on to say, in the same way, He took the cup of wine after supper, saying, 
This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. We don't have a little cup of wine, but we have a small cup of grape juice, which is symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's take it together. Lord, your word says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Throughout the Old Testament, we saw where the animals were sacrificed for the people and the priest. The shedding of those animals' blood, those innocent animals, for the forgiveness and the covering of the sins of the people. But Jesus Christ, once and for all, sacrificed his life for us and shed his blood for us. And on that cross, he said, it is finished. There is no more sacrifice for sin. It has been done and completed. And we thank you, Jesus, for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. We love you today. And we ask that you be with us. And you help us to remember the greatest thing we have to be thankful for is our salvation. And the fact that you are preparing a place for us in heaven this very moment. And someday you will take us to be with you for all eternity. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'd like us to stand and we're going to recite the, uh, or read the Lord's Prayer off the screens. So stand, we'll read the Lord's Prayer. And then um, we're going to play some music and we'll be dismissed. Many of you probably know this by heart, but uh, here's, we can read it together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Be safe as you go home. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Amen? Amen. Amen.